0: Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer Hudson from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. Thank you for joining us. This is the time of week in which I record the sermon that I preached the previous Sunday. Uh, We are uh, Bryan Community Church, a new church plant. In October, we will celebrate just 10 months, so we are still in month nine. And um, you can visit us online at briancommunitychurch.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Brian Community Church. Instagram and Facebook are probably the best um, place to just kind of see a ton of pictures um, and videos of what God is doing through the life and ministries of the church. So if you have a chance, check it out. Um, I also want to share with you that we are in a new season. Uh, down here probably you are too wherever you find yourself because students are going back to school In the last few Sundays we have been talking about what it means to remain faithful and steadfast putting God first in your life uh, when you are back at school and if not at school just um, in your place of work wherever you find yourself um, we live in in a world in which there are many gods vying for our attention, affection, and um, praise and worship. When I say many gods, I'm not talking about pie in the sky, Zeus, uh, or any of the Greek gods. I'm talking about gods, lowercase g, such as money or fame, uh, what else? Titles and positions, uh, material possessions, those things that uh, try to buy. Uh, for our attention and um, and a lot of times that happens so we need to make sure that we are keeping the one true God our Creator and the Father um, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ first and so in doing so uh, we've been taking a look at a number of passages that uh, give us examples of men and women in the Bible who have remained faithful and so um today we are going to continue that conversation and it's going to encourage us to create an attitude that looks a little like this hear god this he she it belongs excuse me to you and so um before i get there though i have to tell a story this past week my daughters went back to school and um they wanted to ride the school bus. Actually, I needed um, my oldest to ride the school bus. And brothers and sisters, I don't know how you feel about the school bus. Um, but I I don't want the girls to go on it, and um, I have a, a few reasons why. Not because I distrust the bus drivers or or the system. Not at all. Uh, they're they're mostly selfish. One, um, you have to be really. Early in the morning to get on the school bus, and so gosh, it is so hard to get three and four people ready in the mornings, uh, and especially trying to get them ready before the school bus leaves. It's it's nearly impossible. So if I just drive them to school, the girls don't have to be ready um, as early. Uh, also, I never rode the school bus as a kid. You know, my parents always uh, worked at the school, so I just got. the car with mom or dad wherever I was headed and um, and I got to ride with them but finally I am a little selfish with my time with my children because if I drive them to school or if I pick them up from school I get to have time with them in the vehicle so that I can talk to them I can ask them about their upcoming day I can pick them up I can ask them how their day was you know we can talk about the weather we can talk about friends we can talk about anything or we can just sing together Uh, but the point is I like having my children close to me and just you know time goes so fast and before you know we know it they're going to be grown and so I don't have them ride the school bus I have them ride with me well this last week um, knowing that that my oldest needed to to take the school bus and I was driving her to drop her off in the morning and I asked her many questions you know like do you know do you know where you need to go do you know where the school bus is gonna pick you up do you know the school bus number Uh, do you have any friends who ride the school bus you know find somebody that you can sit with and, and talk with And all I know is my husband was sitting in the passenger seat of the car and he looks at me he said Jen give the girl a break let her go I don't want to let her go, she's my baby, but if I don't let her go, then I can't trust God is going to protect her and watch over her, and brothers and sisters, this is the same with anyone or anything in our life, whether it is a person, a place, a thing, a situation, Oftentimes, all the times, God is saying, Give me him, give me her, give me them, give me it. And we have to take this attitude and let go. Well, our passage that I'm going to share with you today um, shows us an example of one brave, strong woman who did that very thing with her son. Um, before I get into the scriptures, we find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Israelites, uh, or the nation of Israel, they are in the midst of a season of change, right? They just um, finished with all of their judges who led the nation of Israel. That did not go so well, and so um, it would be a time in which they needed to transition from judges to kings to rule over them. And uh, so we meet a mom who has a child by the name of Samuel, and uh, Samuel he would be raised up to be the next advisor to King to King Saul, and he would be a prophet. He would be a man of God, an incredible, incredible. Um, example of faith but where we find hannah and samuel today um hannah is in a bit of um, of a dilemma she is having a really difficult time actually getting pregnant um she has to share a husband um elkanah with another woman um i'm forgive me for for mispronouncing their names And Penina, she's fertile, she's had children, but Hannah, she she can't, she hasn't been able to conceive. And so Hannah is just distraught. She has wanted this child uh, for years. She has prayed to God for years for women back then. It was was almost disgraceful if you couldn't have a child, particularly a boy. Uh, Women, they were considered second-class citizens. There were no nursing homes. There were no um, places where elderly people could be taken care of. So to have a male son uh, would secure your future, to have somebody take care of you. And so Hannah is just heartbroken. And she she goes into the synagogue. She goes um, before the Lord and she just pours her heart out well, while she's there, there's this priest, and he's watching Hannah, and Hannah must look like she's nuts um, because Eli, the priest, comes over to her and says, like, woman, are are you drunk? And, she, you know, she's like, no, I'm just pouring my heart out to the Lord. And, um, you know, Eli's watching, and he said, you know, you go. You go on um, chapter 1, verse 17. He says, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And Hannah said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they rose and worshipped before the Lord and they went back to their home of Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So finally, after all this time, Hannah, she does become pregnant. She does give birth to a son. But what is so compelling are these verses, chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Let me read them to you. Hannah says these words. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted what I have asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. So Hannah prayed for this child and then she does something incredible. She gives him over to the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I think this is this is brave, this is bold, and this is faithful. Because if you love someone or if you love something so much and if you have worked so hard or waited so long to, uh, to be able to, to embrace this child or to in, embrace a spouse, um, you know, if you've worked and waited and for years and years, for um, maybe a, a degree or a house or a job or a way of life. Uh, maybe it was a particular status that you were trying to obtain. And then you say, okay, God, you've granted all the desires, everything that I've worked for, everything I've prayed for. I hold it in my hands, and now it's yours. That takes faith. That takes boldness. And that's the question I want to ask you. Are you able to hold that thing, that person, that place, that thing in your hand and then give it over to God? Because that's what we were being called to do. Lord, for this thing I have prayed and you have granted the desires of my heart. So. Here it is. It belongs to you. Because brothers and sisters, ultimately everything that's good in life giving belongs to God. That what I have is not my own, my my gifts, my positions, uh, my resources. They don't belong to me. I was created. My purpose was to bring glory to God. And so all that I have is to bring glory to God and I am to serve him and I I am to worship him. And so that's, that's something that we have to wrestle with, and it's hard, right, especially if we love and care for something so much. I love and care for my children so much, but yet, can I say, here you are, Lord, because had my parents not eventually let me go, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to, to do what I'm doing here in Brian, to be able to minister as I am ministering. Uh, we as a church wouldn't be able to, to do the things as a church because, it, you know, like it takes all of us coming together and saying, God, here we are, use us. If I don't let go of my, my child. She'll never learn how to get on the bus on her own. She won't learn how to defend and make decisions for herself. We won't trust the Lord with the people that we love the most. Without us saying, God, here are resources, we couldn't be Brian Community Church. We couldn't love God, love people, and share Christ's hope with the world. We couldn't be out and about and supporting Chosen um, or United Way or all of the ministries within the community, our schools. We couldn't pray for and, and care for our teachers and, and our kiddos in our midst. We have to say, here, Lord, here she is. Here he is. Here they are. This is... Yours, and so that's the the message this week, and it's something that I want you to think about, and I want you to pray about. And maybe there's something right now that that instead of holding your hands out, you're you're clenching onto them. You're saying, "No, it's mine. I'm going to hold on to it. It's my marriage. I'm going to hold on, and I'm going to control it." they it's they're my gifts. It's my money. It's my resources. They're my children. But brothers, that is not. Being a people of faith that we are called to be. We are called to be Hannah's. We're called to be mamas that say, Lord, here are my children. We're called to be dads that say, here are my children. Here are my families. Here's my job. Here's my position. Here's my title. Here's my wisdom. Lord, use it. For this child, I have prayed. For this person, I have prayed. For this church, I have prayed. Let me hand him over her over, we hand it over. Brothers and sisters, may you hear the Word of God. Maybe you even wrestle with the Word of God because sometimes it's hard, but most importantly, may you live out the Word of God. Thanks for joining.